This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of Out Front with AJ and Nick. I am Nick Serrano's Editor-in-Chief of Chicago Podcast Network, joined over the interwebs and Skype by my good buddy AJ Signari. AJ, say hello to the people. Hey everyone. And uh, we are recording this on November 3rd, 2016, and we do have to get started, at least with this. Um, we are the Chicago Podcast Network. Last night, the Chicago Cubs won their first World Series in 108 years. Uh, it's a major achievement for the franchise, and a lot of people are really happy in the city. I am not one of them. However, AJ is. We're not going to talk about it because I am not Mr. Positive when it comes to this issue, so we're going to kind of move past it. Otherwise, I might kill myself. So... We're going to start instead, ladies and gentlemen, with this. But before we get started with anything, I would be remiss if I didn't do the proper. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chi-Town Podcast One. And you can email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. All of those wonderful ways for you to get in touch with us and tell us what you're thinking. And if you're a Cubs fan, feel free to send me hate mail. It won't be worse than what I've gotten from my friends. Now, AJ, I present to you a moment from yesterday in the campaign that a lot of Chicagoans will have missed because of what was going on in the world of baseball. Are you ready for some fun? Sure. Donald Trump stole my bit. It's feeling like it already, isn't it? Just, we've got to be nice and cool, nice and cool. Right? Stay on point, Donald. Stay on point. No sidetracks, Donald. Nice and easy. Nice. Because I've been watching Hillary the last few days. She's totally on a hinge. We don't want any of that. That was Donald Trump yesterday at a rally. I think he was in Atlanta. Speaking to a crowd of people and stealing my bit, AJ. He stole my bit. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, You've heard me do that bit. Nick, stay calm. Nick, stay cool. When we're talking about something that annoys me, when I'm getting overly done. So Donald Trump listens to our podcast, so what? I'm just saying it's possible that I got, you know, plagiarized by the great thief. Well, I think you should sue him. Obviously. Obviously, I should sue him. For For royalties. Exactly. For stealing my bid. But, all right. A presidential candidate for the United States of America, I swear to God, stood on stage and had to remind himself to not go off on tangents. That just happened. Now, we can talk about tapes, and we can talk about groping, and we can talk about weird language, and we can talk about the vocabulary of a five-year-old, and we can do all those things. But the man can't trust himself. This is the best. And terrific. He's intelligent. Yeah. He, He knows people. He knows ISIS better than anyone. So... Last, we talked about this yesterday. Last Friday, the whole story broke with the FBI director sending the Vegas letter and the history of letters and the history of vagueness to the United States Congress talking about how they found emails on Anthony Weiner's computer, which I just... Okay. So, nothing was released. No information came out that said, hey, we found damning evidence that proves Hillary Clinton is hiding aliens at Area 51 or whatever conspiracy you choose to go into, and it has now apparently brought the election back to being closer because apparently that was it. Apparently there is a group of people out there who goes, yeah, I was going to vote for Hillary, but now that I heard that there might be another email out there somewhere that she sent, 
I'm not going to vote for, and instead I'm going to vote for the groper. But that also implies that there were people who were like, eh, now the groping's too much, now I'm going to vote for Hillary. But the email thing, that they are putting, like, the, the, there is a group of people who is just, whoever has the last negative story is going to lose, is, is what it's looking like. This is insane. This whole election makes no sense. There's got to be there's there's got to be a, a nougat of something that we can get go. There's there's got to be something, <laughs> especially with these um, you know, with the FBI coming out with more information, um, this Anthony Weiner thing, and, and I'm surprised that his name just comes up like every six months. Yep. That's what astonishes me. It's like, Anthony Weiner, I'm like, he's not in office. <laughs> he's at the gym. I mean, why, why is his name being dragged up all of a sudden, you know? And, and, and more importantly, I mean, you know his, um, I think they're divorced, if not separated. No, 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 no. The term that has been used lately is one of my favorite because it goes back to the 1950s. They're estranged. Whatever. Um, you don't like the term estranged? She is now working... She's one of Hillary's uh, advisors. Yeah, not now. She's been one of Hillary's top advisors since the 90s. Right. and But like more so on the campaign than anything else right now. So I don't know if it's like... That's being mentioned because she's on the campaign and everything. I, I mean, I'm just... I, I just don't understand like the whole FBI thing... Anthony Weiner's name being relevant to anything. I just don't get this. I want to think there's a, a, a nugget of information that we can take away from all this, but um, I can't find it. I, I, I have looked into this repeatedly, and all you can find, as we've said many times, is rumor and innuendo. And then you've got this guy standing on stage who is literally going, stay calm, be cool. And he's talking about himself in the third person, which is also disturbing. Um, I, I just, I, I'm watching this thing happen, and an article came up on CNN today, and it was, it's called Six Ways Trump Can Win. And it kind of breaks down what states you need to win in certain scenarios to win. There's the, um, the one that's the most fun is they call it the, how do they phrase it? The no margin for error map, which means that all the states that he would need to win, he could come up to exactly 270. That would basically involve him uh, losing Pennsylvania, winning Wisconsin and Michigan, losing Maine. And it's uh, it, that is one possibility. The other is what they call the silent majority. This is the idea that there are a lot of people who are going to vote for Trump who haven't been telling people. Um, I had a conversation with one of those last night, actually, who finally admitted to me that they were going to vote for Trump. And that they would appreciate it if I didn't give them crap for it, which I was like, okay, I'll do that. But, you know, the fact that you had to qualify it that way means you probably know something's wrong with it. And let's see, that would get him to 290. That would basically, he would win, Hillary at that point would win Maine, most of the Northeast, New Jersey, uh, North, South, or let's see here, if I'm looking at this correct, North, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, uh, Minnesota, Illinois, Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, California, uh, and she could still win. That's the one that bothers me the most because that's the one where she'll lose the popular vote. And then finally, there's what they're calling the Jerry, the Gary Johnson effect, which could have come into play and cost Hillary Nevada, New Hampshire, and Colorado, though I would argue that anyone who walks into an election booth after 
uh, Gary Johnson's last few months, to vote for him is almost worse than voting for Trump because he doesn't know what Aleppo is. And I'm sorry, I know that's a stupid thing to get all over, but it's, it's, I mean, you're running for president. You need to know these things. And the other one that they say is if African-American votes turn down, uh, don't show up, then Florida definitely goes to the Republicans and Donald Trump will be president. So those are the nightmare scenarios. If you are one of those people like me and AJ who doesn't want Donald Trump to be president, they offer six possible scenarios where he could win. All of them are very unlikely. 538 put it this morning at 67% chance that Hillary will win. And I don't know, AJ, as we're getting closer to this thing, I, 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 two weeks ago, if you had asked me, you did ask me actually two weeks ago, and I said, I think that there's not a chance in hell that Donald wins. Yesterday, I said that I think it's a media creation, and then the Cubs won the World Series, and now all things are possible, and I think Donald Trump has a better shot at winning this thing than any of us want to admit. What do you think? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I think there's... I guess there's a somewhat of a silver, silver lining of him winning, but, I mean, there's still, like, those strong um, Democratic states, and there's also those states that may be swing states that I feel are going to lean more towards um, Hillary than Trump and everything, Colorado being one of them, um, Arizona you know, from my observations with Arizona, um, they're actually leaning more towards Democrat now than they were probably six months ago. So I still think there's a, a chance that Hillary's going to win. But if Trump does win, it's, it's not going to be leaps and bounds. I'm thinking maybe no more than three or four points. Well, there's going to be... I- if he wins, it is going to be close. Like, that's the thing. Hillary can still theoretically win in a landslide. For Trump to win, he's going to have to inch over the finish line. And it's going to be one of those election nights where we don't know the results until midnight or later. If I, That's what I honestly think. I think the longer in the night that they go without calling the election, the, long, the, the better it favors Trump. Because you can basically put California in the Hillary column, right? So there's the 55 other than that, on the West, you know, it's all up in the air. And if it starts coming down to Western states to decide the election, that's when it starts to favor Trump. So, I don't know, man. I just know that I'm watching this thing, and I watch this guy go up on stage, and I, I don't even know how to describe what it is he does up there. I really don't. He is an idiot, and... I don't use that phrase like lightly. I don't say that he's an idiot because I think that it's funny. I think that he legitimately is unengaged on these issues and people understand it because they're unengaged in these issues. And I I, I just feel like with every day that passes and more and more of this, Hillary is corrupt narrative is, is getting into play that they're going to start swinging voters back. Now, I will say... I feel that a lot of, I've noticed in my life, the diehard Republicans who almost could never conceive of voting for Hillary have told me they voted for Hillary and they did so by a mail-in ballot. Uh, I think that that establishment group isn't going to be voting on election day. I think a lot of them voted early. I think they said yesterday, AJ, that I was listening to the 538 podcast and they were saying that 26 million people have already voted uh, thanks to early Mm -hmm. voting. 
And that's an impressive number. That's up, I think they said, 20% from a few years ago. They're saying that they're actually expecting a majority of Florida votes to be um, filled out and done before Election Day, that 51% of the electorate will have done early voting of people who will vote. And by the way, if you're one of the people who at this point has decided not to vote, then uh, I, I don't know. If, AJ, <laughs> AJ, I've decided to put it this way. If in your life, you have ever voted for American Idol, The Voice, mm-hmm. or Dancing mm-hmm. with the Stars, mm-hmm. get your ass out of bed and go vote for the presidential election. It's a reality show. It just happens to be one that will legitimately affect your life. Well, I mean, that, I mean that's what it has come down to. And, you know, and that's why I've said before in other places that since the, the dawn of you know, the American Idols, The Voice, Dancing with the Stars, etc., where people can vote and they feel that vote can kind of determine the outcome of those contestants in one way or another, um, that some people have kind of viewed voting the same way to a point, but it's not as sexy as seeing Jerry Rice dancing the tango or seeing Adam Lambert um, sing or whomever. Um, I just wish people a little bit more passionate um, when it comes to voting. That even though there are certain nuances in elections that need to be better, but you know, with anything else that people do in society, um, voting is still the quasi-democratic thing that we still have. And, you know, you can actually vote someone into an office, whether it's the president, whether it's your congressperson, your state legislature, your county board candidate, a community college board member, or, you know, in some places, yeah, dog catcher. I mean, it it actually happens. It actually works. You need to be a little bit more motivated to do those kinds of things because we're also talking about how things works in this nation. And we're going to get into some local stuff again today. But I, I, before we move on from anything, I want to ask you a question. As you're a political guy, you've been doing this for over 10 years. You're, you're into this stuff really big. And I have a very important question to ask you. On any ballot. It's briefs. Okay, well, really? <laughs> briefs. Not even boxer briefs. Briefs? Yes. You On rock- occasion. On a cake, well, okay, but that's just because they happen to be in the drawer. But well, that's the thing. I'm in. I just don't want to mess up my good pants. Okay, well, that wasn't the question I was going to ask, <laughs> but I feel like we've we, we've lost track. No, what I was actually going to ask you is: in all your years doing this, have you ever seen a ballot that actually had dog catcher on it? Because that is a phrase that people use, and I've never seen it. Um, I've seen I animal have... control. What? I've seen animal control. Yeah, I mean, there, there's that. Um, I'm trying to think. There, there was, um, there are actually, I want to say it's out west that a person can actually vote for dog catcher. Um, but yeah, mostly it's like animal control. Um, I mean, that's usually the thing, but I mean, dog catcher is not like a thing. I mean, animal control is, but I've never really seen it. Uh, but it's interesting you asked that question also because... It's just one of those phrases that gets thrown around all the time, and it's just like I've never seen uh, people 
uh, have it. All right, so well, but but here's but here's the other thing. So like, even in Illinois, if you like step outside of Chicago and you come to say DeKalb, Illinois, there's there's an actual position called county coroner, and in in the county coroner is the person who actually determines someone's death. All right, um, so this is what I just found on Slate. Uh, is it possible, during a campaign in 2010, a congressman said that their opponent could not be elected dog catcher, which leads us to ask the question, is dog catcher ever in elective office, seeing as how it's always referenced? No. While the unofficial job of dog catcher has existed for centuries, towns would often hire somebody to round up stray dogs and shoot them. It was only incorporated into state and local governments as animal control in the late 19th century. Since then, the job has almost always been filled by appointment. For example, in Reboth, Massachusetts, the job of animal control is appointed by the town's board of selectmen, which we can talk about that at some point. Selectmen, it's one of my favorite forms of government. And then in Louisville, Kentucky, the director of Metro Animal Services is appointed and sometimes removed by the mayor. So they had to fire one, probably because they were the Pawnee Animal Control Department. Parks and Rec reference <laughs> right. for anyone who watches, right? Um, I don't know. I did the, the whole dog catcher thing. I just wanted to get on the so kind of corner. The, the Trump election, the the hill, the this whole presidential thing, ladies and gentlemen. We are five days out from the election, and please vote, and please don't vote for Donald. I know that we're supposed to be a journalistic organization, but it's my journalistic organization, and we here at the Chicago Podcast will not officially endorsing any candidate because we definitely support your desire and because one of us happens to vote and work for the third parties. Uh, we support your ability to vote for a third-party candidate. <laughs> why, why do you say it that way as if you're giving me the sign? I'm like, like and some people. Well, no, I, okay, well, if that's the way it came across, then I actually do apologize. What I meant by that no, is... No. I just thought it was funny. Well, fair enough, but I'm just saying, like, we, we would never... I would never officially endorse a, can, a candidate on behalf of the company. Right, that's not. I, I've always hated that. Like even when the papers do it, like you're telling me everyone who works for your newspaper supports this person because I don't think that that's true. And I would never say the Chicago Podcast Network endorses blank. What I can say is that everyone who works for the Chicago Podcast Network say hi, AJ. Hi. Hey. Uh, definitely do not support Donald Trump. <laughs> like we might not endorse a candidate, but we will anti-endorse a candidate. Exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, I believe the phrase that I'm looking for when it comes to Donald Trump, and uh, excuse my French, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, fuck this guy. <laughs> but don't actually do that. Don't do that, actually. Uh, the hell with this guy. We'll go with. Because you can't say fuck this guy about Donald Trump because he would think that that's what you would want to do. I mean, just pretend that his name's not even on the ballot. That, that's a good way to do it. Or do that thing that I love where you could vote. Like I, I know it doesn't affect it, but if you're going to vote for Trump, do me a favor and don't vote for him as a Republican. They're always on the ballot under other parties, so do it that way. Like I'm sure he's on there as, I don't know, the white pride party candidate or some damn thing. So you want to hear my prediction? Uh-oh, ladies and gentlemen, he's getting out his Swami hat. We are going to see a redo of the 2000 election. Oh, dear God, no. You really think so? Oh, I have a strong feeling that... The force is strong with you? That Donald is going to take us to the Supreme Court. 
If he loses, um, he's going to. He probably. He, I, I bet you money he would want a recount. Well, here's my question about that, though. Like, the recount can only legally go into effect if there's less than a 1% difference in voting, correct? In correct. most states. In some states, it's two. But... To do some sort of recount. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. I said the most interesting thing about this election is assuming that Hillary wins, which is a relatively safe assumption at this point, uh, how he reacts in the three days following that is going to be one of the most important moments in this country. Believe it or not, the election is important, but how he handles the loss is equally important. Because if he chooses to go out there and just claim that it was rigged and really force this to become a bigger issue, you and I have talked about it. We have tried to explain it to people. The fact that the Republican nominee has said repeatedly that he will not accept the final results of the election, people need to understand why that is such a big deal. And if you don't know historically why, until the United States of America... uh, I won't say invented because that goes to the Greeks, God, you know, to the people, uh, praise the Zeus. But the way that we do it here, we are the only country that has never had a violent revolution in the world, as far as I know, in a democratic system. We don't have troops, you know, marching the candidate to the office and killing people in the streets who voted for the other side. We don't, for the record, jail our opponents because we happen to disagree with them. That stuff doesn't happen here. That's what makes us... There's that scene that we always talk about from the newsroom. You know what makes America the greatest country on earth? I would argue the peaceful transition of power is what makes America the greatest country on earth. Would you Would you say that that's up there, AJ? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, unlike other nations who have, like you said, um, they use the military to flex their muscles in order to sway a vote. Um, as you said, imprison people. Um, we've never done that per se, um, but I, I would I think it would be a safe assumption that if we had Trump in office that we may see that more in the future than anything else. Not with maybe just Trump himself, but Trump and maybe candidates thereafter. Well, the thing that scares the hell out of me with Trump more than anything else is uh, his... He's only mentioned it a few times recently, but he, you know that he is serious about that libel law stuff. Mm-hmm. And for people don't know, that's the thing that allows you to essentially mock people and be funny and get away with it legally because we have freedom of speech in this country. And Donald Trump would like to change that, that if you say mean things about people on the news media, that you are able to be sued. Uh, that's a huge fucking thing and needs to be stopped. This guy cannot be president of the United States of America. And if for no other reason, as everyone has pointed out, you can't have somebody be your president who at 3 o'clock in the morning is tweeting about crazy shit. Because whether people realize this or not, what the words that come out of the president's mouth have legal binding things. If the president goes and gives a speech and says, no, we're, fi- we're done with China, I'm done with them, they disrespected me by not giving me a red carpet, we're not doing trade deals with them anymore, that's policy now. That's policy. That's no longer a crazy person talking. So you, we need to be careful with this. Uh, and to give people a better example, should we explain... Before we move on, Edge, do you think we should explain what doctrine is? Yeah. Okay. 
I'm going to take you guys all back who are listening to the show. Hopefully some of you are younger and still remember this. But for those of you who are older and don't remember your 7th grade, 8th grade United States history classes, uh, there are, throughout American history, doctrines. There is the Monroe Doctrine, which I believe that was the communism one, correct? The Monroe one? Yes. The Monroe Monroe Doctrine had to do with um, uh, international law. Okay. That was the one. All right, hold on. I'm just going to look these up before I get them wrong. The Monroe Doctrine uh, uh, says that any intervention by external powers in the politics of the Americas is a hostile act against the U.S., meaning that foreign right. governments cannot come in and have anything to do with our um, with our elections. Sorry, folks, I'm just uh, pausing there. Then there's the Truman Doctrine. That's the one that I'm mm-hmm. thinking of, uh, yes. that any country that is under threat from Soviet forces, will be backed and defended by the United States of America. That is the Truman Doctrine. That is the basis of our foreign policy. There is the Bush Doctrine, which a lot of people say got us into trouble. For those of you who don't remember what the Bush Doctrine is, any country that supports or harbor terrorists is an enemy of the United States, and you will be treated as such. That is the Bush Doctrine. Yes, George W. Bush has a lasting legacy in American politics. It's called the Bush Doctrine, and then there's also the tax cuts. That's a different issue. Doctrines are important. How we perceive, how we are perceived around the world has to do with what we say and what comes out of a president's mouth. He can change the United States doctrine. There could be the Trump doctrine, which is any country that speaks bad about me on Twitter will be bombed. That is the Trump doctrine. And if you think that he wouldn't do that, you're out of your mind. Where are you at, buddy? No, I mean, I mean that, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that being a president, you know, you have that kind of power to change the course of history and everything. And, and you know, as you said, you know, the Bush Doctrine was one of those more um, controversial doctrines when he, and under his administration. There's a lot of us who said, you know, this doctrine is go, is really setting up to have like this blanket blanket um, policy of attacking anyone who's either Middle Eastern or part of the Islamic world who goes against you know the policies of what Bush and the Republicans uh, want to pass as far as legislation and everything. So I mean, so you have that now. You have Trump, who um, you know you, you don't know what what, he, what he's going to do you know you don't know if his doctrine is going to be more foreign policy based if it more economic based um you don't know you, you just don't know and that's going to be the concern um i think no matter who's going to be whether it's trump or clinton there's going to be a new doctrine as to what the new phase of um us policy is going to be all right Going forward now, with the last five days here, I want you to put on your campaign manager hat, AJ, and tell me, do you think that Hillary Clinton should still be going after Republican stronghold states, or should she just try to tighten her base, stick to the states that she's that are waffling, or should she try for a more aggressive push in the last five days? I think she, honestly, if I was her very close um, advisor, I would actually have her go to the states that are really important. And I think those important states are mostly the Midwest states, Ohio, Michigan, um, Illinois, obviously, possibly Wisconsin, but also throw in Pennsylvania in there, only because that in order for her to actually win, I mean, she's probably going to win New York. 
more than likely. Um, if she wins New York, wins Pennsylvania, wins Ohio, wins Illinois, so she has that bulk of those states. You know, California, um, probably more than likely would probably vote for Clinton, but, you know, if you have at least the states I just mentioned under her, and then if you just throw in a California or a Texas, maybe a Florida, then, yeah, you're going to have success. I don't. I don't think Texas turns blue this election. I think next election it does. I think. I think the Latino population in Mexico, um, a lot of the people who came in, who became citizens or who were born here, after the massive amounts of immigration over the border in the '90s and early 2000s, by the 2020 election will be 18. So. There's going to be a lot more Latino voters in Texas. They tend to vote Democrat. I think the 2020 election, Texas finally turns blue. I don't think it does this election. I think you can still put it in the Trump column, which is big because that's 35 electoral votes in his favor. But 33, sorry, 33 electoral 38. 38. It must have gone up or something. I don't know why. The last time I remember it being 35. Um, we're looking at one of the strangest elections in history, as far as electoral math goes, and you're you you still think he's going to? Here's my question: You said that you think that this is going to be a remake or a remake, a reboot. You know all those wonderful Hollywood phrases of the 2000 election. Do you think that it could finish with neither candidate hitting 270, or do you think that Hillary hits the 270 and he still sues? I think it's going to be one way or another. Um, I think if he loses, he's going to, you know, fight every legal aspect there is. Um, even if he wins, I think there's going to be something within the Supreme Court. I mean, I think no matter what, I think he's just that much of a loose cannon that he's going to try everything in his damnedest to make sure the win's a win. You know, if like he wins and make sure, okay, we're done. We're done. <laughs> she can't recount, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's what may, may happen. Um yeah, I just have a strong feeling that we're going to see this um, 2000 election sequel in this election. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have it here for me. I think that Hillary wins uh, pretty convincingly, but Trump pulls the sore loser card, and we deal with this stuff for about a year. AJ thinks that no matter what happens, Donald Trump takes this all the way to the Supreme Court. And I can't find an argument, really, with either one of our sides, so... Get yourselves, get what's the line in, uh, hold on to your butts, because this is going to be a whole thing. All right, um, let's let's transition over. We did a little bit of it yesterday. We're going to get it into it today, maybe another one tomorrow if we can find more stuff. But we want to talk to you guys about some of the local elections, because again, as AJ and I like to remind everybody, there are more things on this ballot that you're going to be filling out this year besides who should be president. Uh, yesterday we covered a couple congressional races here in Illinois. We covered the Senate race, and we got into a ballot uh, a uh, initiative to put transportation funds in a lockbox. Again, listen to our show from yesterday. Um, it's called Six Days Out. This one's going to be called Five Days Out, and then you'll start to notice some sort of a pattern. And educate yourself on the issues if you want. We recommend that at least you know take some time. We said it yesterday. No matter what your positions are, no matter what you believe, uh, as far as president goes, 
Go online, spend an hour, look up your ballot. There are lots of places to do it. You basically type in your zip code and your address, and it will tell you exactly what you're voting for. Take the time, learn what it's going to be. And to help you do that, we've decided to get into a couple issues that are coming up. Uh, This is off of Ballotpedia, great resource to do exactly what we're talking about. Uh, These are issues that will be on the ballot for you to vote for. As AJ pointed out to me, some of these are not legally binding. These are advisory questions that are on the ballot. Uh, This is merging offices uh, of the Cook County Clerk and the Recorder of Deeds. Earned sick time, a firearms measure, a school funding measure, and an infrastructure investment measure, all of which uh, the infrastructure investment measure, measure, God, that one is hard to say, is infrastructure investment measure, there it is, um, is tied into the uh, lockbox bill that we talked about yesterday. But let's get started, AJ, on earned sick time because this is one that both of us care a lot about. We've talked about it on the old station. We've talked about it now. Uh, This is a measure that would allow Illinois workers, um, any worker in the state of Illinois, to be able to earn up to 40 hours a week of sick time or 40 hours a year in sick time. This is a big deal. Uh, In Illinois, I think... It's up to the employer right now how much sick, how many sick days you get. You guys all know that. That's how you can go for a job interview for the same position for five companies. One offers you three weeks vacation. One offers you none. One offers you one week maybe. This would allow you to, at least as far as personal emergency time, earn up to 40 days a year. The reason that I support this is it looks a lot more like the European model that exists in countries like France, Spain, uh, Italy, and England, where they give them six weeks of vacation a year. And it's an important thing because only in the United States of America are you working so much that you never get to take a vacation. AJ, obviously I'm in favor of this. I assume that you are as well. Oh, no, I hate this one. Do you really? No, I don't. Okay. (laughs) I was going to be very shocked. (laughs) No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, this one is actually striving towards, you know, better policy when it comes to having an individual and a family to actually spend more time together to not only take care of themselves, but even their family's members and everything. Um, So I'm very much in favor of of a yes vote for this earned sick time measure. Um, and again, you know, this is not a legally binding thing. So if you're in the ballot, you're going to vote yes. It doesn't happen next year. Rather, you're saying yes, and there's a large percentage of the population in Illinois, or in, in this case in Cook County, um, can actually enact something, hopefully within Cook County. Uh, let's go on. Should we should we get into firearms just for a second? I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this because people go crazy and uh, let's just, and it doesn't really matter because it's like you said not one number one not legally binding, but also number two. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a firearms measure on the ballot here in Chicago. A yes vote in favor. Uh, a yes vote would be a vote in favor of strengthening penalties for the illegal trafficking of firearms and requiring background checks for gun dealers and their employees in Illinois. A no vote is against all of that. So here's the problem with this. Uh, I don't really think that this matters either either way. Uh, AJ, this is a ballot measure that literally is not only is it so toothless because it can't actually do anything, but you're also talking about a city that has the strictest gun laws in the world. 
And it doesn't matter because if everything around you doesn't have that, then who cares? Unless you're going to put up checkpoints at every entryway into Cook County to check people for guns, uh, guns are still going to get into this in the city of Chicago. Yeah, and you know, and if you look at the actual question itself, it says, "Should the state of Illinois strengthen penalties?" Um, so that alone, even though this ballot measure is just for Chicago voters. Um, it still sends a message that Illinois as a state, not just Chicago, should have, you know, stronger um, background checks and, you know, penalties for illegal trafficking and firearms. So, I mean, if, if I was voting in Chicago, I mean, this is something I would vote in, in favor for. Yeah, but you and I are social justice warriors who want to take away everybody's guns, so. Yeah, so? I'm just saying. I'm explicit about it. <laughs> Uh, there's an office. There's a question about merging the offices of the Cook County Recorder of Deeds and transferring a duty to the office of the Cook County Clerk. Um, where do you stand on this? Because then I'm going to have fun with you. I'm always in favor of different offices merging because you know by merging the office of the Record of Deeds to the County Clerk, you're actually saving money in Cook County that way, and you're actually allowing the county clerk to do the job of what the recorder of deeds is doing in, in Cook County. Um, the same way with treasurer and auditor. Um, oh, not auditor. Um, Comptroller. Thank you. In the state of Illinois, you know, I have always in favor of having that comptroller office merge with this, the treasurer department because it, it's just makes sense to me. I mean, I think for... From an organizational mm -hmm. management perspective, it just makes more sense to mm -hmm. me. You're wrong, and I'll tell you why. You don't work with the Cook County Clerk's Office. I do. I go down there at least twice a year and have to deal with those people. And I will tell you something right now. Don't give them more to do. They have too much to do. Let the recorder of deeds stay its own thing. You don't need another 45 people coming a day to their counter. This is the most miserable organization in the city and the county. These are the people. Like when you hear about going to deal with government offices and how what a pain it is, these are the people we're talking about. We don't have, see. This is the thing. Yes, abstractly, in 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 the in theory, it makes total sense. We're going to eliminate some wasteful spending and get rid of some of these offices. In actual practical use. I would actually support every single government agency having not only its own office, but its own 12 employees. But here's the thing. I mean, you can't tell me that the activities of the recorder of deeds is so different from the county clerk's. Yes, I mean, it's more work within the county clerk's office. But now if you just merge those two offices together, you're actually streamlining information that... Oh, buddy. You can actually talk to each other buddy, and everything. Because so... right now you have one office trying to tell another office what to do. And I have been in that situation before in Cook County where the poor <laughs> deeds does not talk to the county clerk's office. So why well, not okay, just first stick of them all, up into one office? First of all, AJ, that's not how it works. You don't just talk. The, the, the two offices don't talk to each other. Well, I talk, I mean no, tech-wise. Tech no, first you have to go to the recorder of deeds to get the piece of paper. Then you go to the clerk's office and get the stamp. Then you go back to the recorder of deeds to get the actual piece oh. of paper that you came for. Oh. And then you go back to the oh. Cook County clerk to make sure that they stamp oh. it so that then you can take it to the comptroller's office and we get the tax lien removed so that then finally you can get your business your 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 tax lien off of your business so you can finally start making profit again. No. 
Right, because just shoving another office in the Cook County, Kirk, Cook County Clerk's office doesn't mean that you're not going to have to go from desk one to desk five back to desk one. It's going to be the same shit. It just happens to be in the same building. Under one office. Yeah. Where, we, where, where all the tech is the same instead of not talking to each other. I think my point with his argument is quite simply that going to the state of Illinois building or the county building or city hall in the city of Chicago sucks. And unless you can get all of it to work correctly, I really don't care what you do. Oh. How about you just make it work? Oh, there, there's that. But there's also in downstate Illinois where you can't simply just go <laughs> to your town. You have to go to the county seat. Ah, uh, the county seat. So, like, where I'm at, you know, I live in a town of 15,000. So, you would think Sterling is the county seat in Whiteside County. It's Morrison, which is 20 minutes away. Well, if you lived in a city like a regular human being, you'd be fine. I do. No, no, no. no. Out here makes sense. Chicago doesn't make sense. Oh, see, I'm just a city boy. You're a North Shore guy. You're yeah, not I know. City I'm a. You know what? What's, what's the phrase? I'm a megapolis guy. There you go. I, I like the I idea. Will, I will take that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, should we go on to the? <laughs> here's my favorite uh, of of these of of these municipal elections in Cook County. Are you ready? Yeah. School funding measure. A yes vote is in favor of funding full full funding for Chicago public schools by the state. A no vote is against full funding for Chicago public schools by the state. Now, let me guess. You find it funny that there actually has to be a about question about, about what? funding yeah. Chicago public schools. Yeah. I find that amusing because shouldn't they, I mean, like, who says no? No, I don't want the schools to got no money. No, the hell of them. Like... Obviously, people should vote yes for this. Um, state, the Illinois education system is so screwed that maybe like we're talking. We had the conversation yesterday, AJ, about the lockbox as far as transportation fund goes, but no one's having that conversation as far as board of education. And, and I bet you, when you watch um, on election night on this ballot measure, I think you're going to be surprised on how many no votes percentages they're going to be. Okay. You think that that will be shocking? I don't think it's going to be shocking, but I think I think it's going to be a double-digit number that's going to be interesting. All right. And we have the infrastructure measure, uh, infrastructure investment measure. You know, we talked about this yesterday. This is about putting funds into a lockbox. Uh, that handles a lot of the county votes. And ladies and gentlemen, those are some of the issues that you're going to be voting on. Again, none of those are legally binding, but they're there to the they're there to help guide the state. It's important that you vote for those uh, tomorrow, AJ. I think we should get into a couple. I don't think we should focus on any specific races. We should just talk about the importance of electing judges, um, and and how that can affect what you do. Mm-hmm. And I, we are five days out. Jesus Christ! Only five more days of this, and. <laughs> But before we yeah before we end the show, can, can I just ask you watched Game Seven last night? I did watch Game Seven last okay. night. Okay, ignoring everything else that happened, which I am so trying to do. Um, <laughs> the political ads. I, 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 I just need to say this. Okay, let's do it. We I'm got not, seventeen I, minutes no, no, left. No, 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 let's do no. it. Come on, let's go. It's not to you. It's not to you. So All you right. sit back. Okay, I'm just gonna lean back. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I just deep, I just want to breaths. say that. You have, ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea 
I've been around a lot of people who get upset over sports teams and everything. Losses, rivalries. Um, I have never met someone like Nick who is so sensitive on this very topic. And and you have to understand, you know, I, I very much appreciate his passion for his disdain. It's honest. It's honest. It is honest. And, 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 and I have to say, you know, uh, I told Nick that we need to do a show. I know he probably didn't want to do a show because of the headache he may have had right now and everything. So I, I just want to say, I think Nick deserves this disdain for the Cubs. Um, I was rooting for the Cubs only just for the historical purposes of the Cubs and everything, not because I like them. Um, for those who know me, I am more of a Sox fan and a Brewers fan than a Cubs fan. But, I mean, after watching Game 7, I mean, it was interesting to watch a team who was down three and win it and actually seeing the World Series end, I was like, well, that was nice. And then I flipped over to the Country Music Awards. You went to the CMAs? I at least went yeah. to the, I at least Well, yeah, because I heard, I heard Garth Brooks was going to be on. Oh, man, I always forget that you're a downstate boy. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to spend the last few minutes of the show. This is what I will say. Oh, God damn it. All right, here it is. You don't have to say anything. I know I don't have to, but, you know, we're trying to be the Chicago Podcast Network, so here's what I will say. I have a friend of mine. I told AJ this off the air before we started. Uh, I have a friend of mine. His name is Mike. His actual name is Goofy, but we'll call him Mike to give him the respect that he deserves today. Look, I hate the Cubs. I make no bones about it. The thing that I actually hate more than the Cubs or Cubs fans right now are White Sox fans who are telling me that it's okay that the Cubs won the World Series. They are the worst people on the planet. But let's move on. My buddy loves baseball. I love baseball. It kills me to admit this, but my friend Mike is a bigger baseball fan than I am. I love a lot of sports. I love football. I love hockey. I like basketball. I love baseball. And I hate soccer. Um, and tennis. And whoa. Whoa. That was, whoa. Just, a, that was just to annoy you. I was um, to say, right now. <laughs> um, and and I, look, I love boxing. I like, I like watching horse racing when it's a big race. I enjoy all forms of sport. So as a sports fan, I will simply say that I was very happy for my friend who, to his credit, woke up yesterday. Now, I've done this before with him. In 2004, I woke up on a Sunday morning. It was April. It was either March 31st, April 1st, or April 2nd because it's always one of those days. It was a Sunday. And my friend Mike, the same one who went to the game last night, called me and said, Hey, man, what are you doing? I'm like, Nothing. He goes, let's go to Detroit. I'm like, dude, I don't want to go to Detroit. He goes, no, 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 I got, he goes, I found WrestleMania tickets. He's like, I'll pick you up right now, shower, get ready, and we're going to drive to Detroit, and we're going to go watch WrestleMania. And Undertaker was facing Batista, and it was Shawn Michaels versus John Cena. So I really wanted to go. He really wanted to go. We got in the car. We drove out into the, we drove through the city. It was about 8.30 in the morning on a Sunday, no traffic. We go around, we went through Gary, we're going down. Everyone knows the route to Detroit if you live in Chicago. 
And we're, we're going up on the highway. Go, uh, Goofy pulls over to a McDonald's in the middle of a cornfield. We end up meeting a guy. AJ, you'll love this. We're, we're waiting. We are waiting for tickets to get there in a cornfield McDonald's. And what I mean by go. that is AJ probably has experienced this. There's a McDonald's. There's a highway exit. And then there are just cornfields as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not even a gas station McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Just a McDonald's. Yes. And we're sitting in this parking lot. Now, if you are in the middle of a cornfield next to a highway waiting for tickets to WrestleMania, I think, AJ, that it would be fair to say that you're going to expect a pickup truck at the very oh, least, the sport oh, utility. at least a pickup truck. Nope. Semi? A, nope. A Fast Semi. and the Furious Honda Civic Ooh. going 80 miles an hour down a dirt road with the cloud of dirt coming up behind it, pulls in next to our car, Mike gets out, hands the guy $200, he hands us two WrestleMania tickets. We're so excited that it actually worked and we didn't get murdered, we forgot to get food. So we had- Was he or was he not playing Journey when he got out of the car? I don't know, I stayed in the car with, with the <laughs> knife in case something got, I'm not even and kidding. Wait a minute. I, I must have glossed over this while you were saying all this. You. He so Mike didn't buy tickets off StubHub or anything. He went to no. Craigslist he lied to me. He lied to me and said that he had bought them off of StubHub and that they would be at Will Call, and that we'd be sitting way up top. And then on our way there, I kept seeing him fiddle with his phone. And this is still the day of uh, of flip phones. So yeah. he did this all on a flip phone. He he went on Craigslist and he found two tickets like a lot closer for two hundred. So he got those at a McDonald's in the middle of a cornfield. After he had lied to me about how to get me out there because he didn't want to go by himself. This literally all happened. We went to WrestleMania, saw the show. Both of our guys lost. It's Actually, that's not true. I got to see The Undertaker win the title at WrestleMania. So that was pretty badass. Um, but my point is that's how Mike does stuff. Now, I haven't really talked to him a lot about how this happened. I talked to him last night at 3 o'clock in the morning. But Mike woke up yesterday, and I know that in his stomach he was like, I have the money. I have the ability to do it. I've got less. I've got a child that's less than one year old. Actually, I think she just turned one. I, I'm not going to have an opportunity to do this again in my lifetime, probably. He got up. He got in his car. He picked up his other buddy, who's a big his, his brother, who's a big Cubs fan too. They drove to Cleveland. They dropped two grand on tickets, and they went and watched the Cubs win the World Series. Now, I still hate the fact that the Cubs won the World Series, but I love my friend. And I am very happy for him that he did that for himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't. I did not want the Cubs to win, and I and, and he and I were talking smack the whole game. When the game got tied six to six, I I was happier with that. I was as happy with that home run as I was when Paul Kernoko hit a grand slam in the World Series. But before we end up finishing this, I will simply say, if you are thirty or younger. Or I'm sorry, 30 or older, in your lifetime, every major Chicago franchise has won a championship. Yes. Every single one. That does not happen in a lot of cities. Most cities don't have five teams. Most cities don't have four. Most have a basketball team, maybe a baseball team, or a football team and a basketball team. Most cities don't have all four. Most cities don't have all four that are good in a major market. And most cities don't actually have five. We have had, in our lifetimes, one World Series. Or, sorry, that would be in 05. Two World Series, wow. One Super Bowl, 
six NBA championships, and three Stanley Cups. That's pretty freaking awesome. I hate the Cubs. I am miserable that they won. I can't go on Facebook today because of you sons of bitches. And that's okay. That's my problem. To all of you out there who are happy that the Cubs won the World Series, I completely understand. I hate you for it. Please understand that that is the case. But I understand what you're going through. But before we end this whole show, I would simply say I would like to speak to you now, AJ, about the emptiness of championships. Because this is what I have learned in my life, my long, long 33, soon to be 34 years. When your team wins it all, and they haven't won in a long time, and I'm thinking mainly of the White Sox and the Blackhawks here because those are my two biggest teams, you will experience joy. You will go to the parade. You will dance with the gods and spread the Feast of Dionysus as far as it can see. And then you're going to have to wake up on Monday and go to work, and you will realize the sad truth of all sports, that they are very individual, and they matter most when they're happening. And in the aftermath, all you can say is, God, I wish they had one more game to play. That is the truth of championships. I am only saying that to partially try to take away from your joy. Uh, ladies, Can I, say, can I, say, can I say this one thing? Sure. You, you overlook something. What's that? The Chicago Fire has won four. I don't count soccer ladies and gentlemen chicago fire has won four championships so chicago has won every single sport that's professional no one cares Um, i do i know yeah because of all the fire games you go to i go on the left side i'm up there with the black and red squad that's racist Actually, that's what the, the the section is. It's called black it's, and red. It's black and red. Shouldn't it be blue and red because they're the Chicago Fire? No, because it's all the socialists that hang out there in the top five sections. Well, look, everyone knows that soccer is really just European socialist agenda trying to infiltrate the United States. Yeah, and then everyone plays it. <laughs> all right, AJ. Anything you want to say about the Cubs before we go? No. All just, right. Uh, it was I do good. A, it was awesome. And um, now we move on to other sports. Yeah. Go Bears. Uh, <laughs> and, or Packers. I do want to say thank you, AJ, for saying that about the passion. Here's the, here, the, the thing with the passion of me hating the Cubs. For those of you who don't understand, I've said this before. I'll say it again. My grandmother is the biggest baseball fan I know. When I was six years old, my grandma handed me a White Sox fan club membership card with a book of 13 games of tickets to go to over the summer to sit in the 200 level. It's one of the coolest presents I ever got. And when she handed it to me, she said two very important sentences. And said, Number one, Nick, you love the White Sox. I said, okay, Grandma, I love the White Sox. And she says, number two, I said, yes, Grandma, you hate the Cubs. I said, okay, Grandma, even Ryan Sandberg? And she goes, yes, even Ryan Sandberg. Oh, even Andre Dawson, who I liked when I was a kid. She goes, even Andre Dawson, you hate the Cubs. And I said, okay, Grandma, I hate the Cubs. That was a promise I made to my grandmother when I was a child. And while I may be a liar and a thief and a scam, I will always keep that promise to my grandma. And that being said, congratulations to the 2016 Chicago Cubs on ending 108 years. Worth of futility, and you sons of bitches can all celebrate with your stupid parade and your stupid little thing, and I hate all of you. 
it's weird to be that nice and mean at the same time. I was just say, you, you got to be fuming inside. It is a dueling case of emotion, the likes of which I have never experienced. Normally, you're just happy or you're just angry. In this instance, it is I am trying very hard to be supportive of people that I love and yet not surrender the high ground of morality that I feel I have by being a White Sox fan because the good guys wear black. I say I tell people, you know, I have, may have a calm demeanor on the outside, but I'm just fuming with this election. Yeah. The, how, I, how I feel about the Cubs is probably not even as close as to what you feel about the fact that Donald Trump is a candidate for president. Oh, not even as close. Someone who's not dedicated, even close. I was going to say, as someone who's dedicated their life to politics, like, I can't even imagine what that's like for you. It, it kills I, I, me. I've told people, like, like, this whole Cubs thing. It's like, Cubs around, I'm like, I go, I don't care. That's That means nothing to me. <laughs> There's important things to do. All right, well, we're going to end the show today, ladies and gentlemen. We are five days out from the election. Make sure you vote. Make sure you do your research. Uh, learn about your candidates, all of those wonderful things. AJ, anything you want to mention today? Anything people should be watching for, paying attention to before we get out of here? Not right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Out Front on the Chicago Podcast Network. I am Nick Serranos, joined over the interwebs and Skype this past hour with by AJ Signari. AJ, say bye to the people. Bye, people. Here are the propers. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chi-Town Podcast One. And you can email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Again, please get in contact with us. Let us know what you think, what you're talking about, how you feel about the election, how you feel about the Cubs. Tell me to go to hell. Any of those wonderful things are available to you. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Please recommend us to your friends. Like us on iTunes. Like us on SoundCloud. Like us on Twitter. Or whatever it is you do on Twitter to let people know that you like us. I guess the retweeting or the follow. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we out! Go Packers. Oh, Jesus. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.